Welcome to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you, but they were wrong. Anyone can create arts for the health of it. No talent or experience necessary. I'm just a little songbird. Try to fly my way homeward with the melody and I make the beat. Don't know where it'll take me, take me. Cause when I'm in the dark of night, I sing my way back to the light. Come along with me and your heart will see that a song changes everything. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It. I'm your host, Richard Wilmore. And I'm Constanza Roeder. Today we had such a fun conversation with Sharon Pertle from Sing for Hope, which is an organization in New York that's been around since 2006. And they have all types of different arts programming, mostly around music, but really their goal is to provide accessibility um, for people that are isolated, for populations that wouldn't normally have access to the arts. Um, So they do stuff in healthcare, they do um, education programs for children and adults. Uh, It's just really cool what they've done. And and if you go to their website, you may recognize they've been in the media a lot um, over the years, and you may recognize some of their brightly colored pianos that they do, uh, that they they provide in cities around the country during the summer for people just to play and have access to in public spaces. Um, That's just one one small piece of what they do. But um, Sharon Pearl is a singer and a music educator and has is over their new open arts studio or open arts program that they have um where you can access the arts through their web their website live interactive um arts engagement which they developed during the pandemic like so many of us fascinating conversation richard we talked about all kinds of different things we i mean it went everywhere everywhere <laughs> we talked about we kind of talked about like the philosophy of arts education and, um, you know, solving the world's problems. We talked about at one point. As <laughs> we you do. It's a great conversation. Yeah. And this podcast they're going to put on their open air channel. Their open series, arts. Yeah. Open arts. That's what I meant. Um, so that's exciting. So um, you'll be I able love... to access it on their website too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about her some more, shall we? Sharon's aha moment began in a fantastic public performing arts school in her native Houston, Texas, where um, children from different socioeconomic backgrounds came to share their passion for the arts. Many years later, the influence of that special school inspired Sharon to create Young at Arts, which I love that name, a performing arts after school program dedicated to closing the gaps in arts education. In 2021, Sharon was asked to build the new Sing for Hope Young at Arts Lab at the Amani Public Charter School in Mount Vernon and to direct Sing for Hope's Open Arts, a fun, easy-to-use online arts program where users can enjoy live and interactive performances and up-close interviews from the brightest stars to local artists serving their communities to students who are using art to make their lives better. Open Arts' main goal is to reach those who need this dynamic connection most, youth and those in isolation. So 
it probably sounds like that's not going away anytime soon mm-hmm. because it is much needed. But of course, she could probably have a nine hour long podcast because um, it was just fun to talk to her. But we forgot to take a commercial, as we always do. <laughs> and it's always in my notes. And I never do it because I get so into it. So we're going to take a break. and We're going to be back with Sharon after this. Whether you consider yourself a musician or not, music is all around us and it affects our everyday lives. Whether it's background music influencing our shopping habits in a store, organ music adding the vibe to a baseball game, or a playlist convincing us to keep going on that last mile of a run. I'm Minty Peterson, host of the podcast Enhanced Life with Music, where we take a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. You can find me and Enhanced Life with Music at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast or wherever you get your audio. Unleash the power of music. Make your day richer with The Richard Wilmore Show. Meet amazing musicians, talented actors, brilliant authors, hilarious comedians, and the most creative people in entertainment. Download the KP Media TV app to watch on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire. Medical professionals are burning out at an alarming rate. Burnout can cause health workers to feel hopeless, trapped, helpless, worthless, depressed, sleepless, and tired. By joining the Hearts Need Art Gratitude Grams program, Medical staff receive a personalized email and video from a musician, an artist, or writer once a week that includes a message of thanks, an encouraging song, uplifting poem, or a simple art activity. After watching their gratitude gram, participants report feeling more hopeful, empowered, energized, and appreciated. If you are or know a healthcare worker that would like to receive free gratitude grams, please visit heartsneedart.org. All right, Sharon, thanks for jumping on with us today. Well, thank you, Richard, and thank you, Constanza. It's very, very wonderful to be here. I have I a question. I have a question. Are yes. you a are you a singer? I am a singer, but my time uh, as of many, many years late, it has been um, has been overtaken by doing building a school and uh, Working on the directorial side of things. Mm. So what you was the cost- la- Oh, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, <laughs> go ahead, Richard. So, when was the last time you sang, like for the fun of it, like not besides like in your car? Well, I sing all the time okay, good. because I I sing for my kids if I'm teaching, um, and I I I. I, I will say the last performance I did was, I, it, I hate to say it, was at a funeral. Aww. Yeah, but it was beautiful. Yeah. It's sometimes the most beautiful. Right. That's it's like right. such an honor to be able to sing for people. Um, yes. The, no. I w- would love to hear about your story kind of going from singer, like your background in music, crossing over to your the work you're doing now with um, Sing for Hope. Absolutely. Well, I... I I guess it goes um, it goes back to when I moved to New York, and um, I just started looking around my area. And I live just above the Bronx. If you can kind of picture where the Bronx is, which is the start of New York State, and you know Manhattan is just over the little bridge. Um, I noticed that there were not a lot of of 
arts programs for young people in, in particularly in areas where children were in need or where there were large gaps in, in education um, and opportunities for education. And so I grew up in Texas. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and we had this wonderful arts program throughout the Houston Independent School District. And actually, at the time that I was entering, this dates me a little bit, at the time that I was entering kindergarten, the Texas schools were dragging their feet on properly uh, integrating the schools in a, in a, in a good way. And so Houston um, started an arts magnet program just as I was entering kindergarten. And my school was picked to do that. And so instead of just shuffling kids, which was what the busing thing that happened in the early 1970s, which is, we're just going to take kids from this neighborhood way over here and put dump them in this school without any rhyme or reason, it was, do you want to go to this school to 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 study how to play the violin or learn mm. how to sing, right? Um, and it just changed my life. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, I went through the arts program all the way through the arts high school um, in the Houston schools. But the, I think the, the greatest gift that it gave me was this lovely melting pot of, of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I came up here, um, I, I looked around and I saw that that of all places right here in New York City or just outside in the suburbs, that wasn't happening. Mm. Arts was not happening for for young people. Um, And there were lovely schools with really, really robust arts programs, but they are not diverse at all. Mm. Um, And so that's where I started. I started an after school program that just grew and grew and grew. and and here we are with Sing for Hope, um, where we are providing a full school day music program plus every day after school until 630. Um, the children can basically st- name it and study whatever they want. They want to play the saxophone. We have a saxophone there for them. Mm-hmm. They want to learn how to play the drums. We do that. We do dance. We do voice, um, every, everything you could imagine. And, um, I'm just, I'm so thrilled to, to do it every single day. Uh, so that's basically how it happened is just like looking around the neighborhood and saying, what's wrong here. This is right. And not only that, we're right outside the greatest city of the arts in the world Mm -hmm. with lots of people who could teach and impart great wisdom on the arts. And, and so many children are not getting it. Mm. So why do you think the arts are so important for, for children? Um, why do you think arts education specifically is, um, is important in that accessibility? Well, it, <laughs> just that I little mean, question, <laughs> you know, it's the great equalizer. Hmm. It's, it's a language all of its own and it doesn't judge and so suddenly you are in a choir, in a play, in a um, whatever you're doing, and you are called to express yourself. And you are you are calling these children to express themselves. And so therefore you're providing a safe space, right? You're you're providing a place where they feel it's okay 
to express themselves. Well, suddenly it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how much money you have, or if you have, I mean, you know, with kids, if you have the, the perfect iPhone or the perfect pair of jeans or whatever it is that day, you know, that's popular, it doesn't matter. What matters is the art and that you're you're able to express yourselves. And I've seen time and time again how it's a healer. It mm. heals because it uplifts these children to, A, be leaders themselves, B, go out into the world and um, be vulnerable, be open, be open to others that are different from themselves, which to me would solve all the world's problems. Mm. If every child had art and in in a safe space, then we wouldn't have people judging others the way, you know, (laughs) causing such, such chaos in our world. Mm. Amen. Parita girl. (laughs) Yes. While you were talking about like, Oh, if you want a saxophone, you can get a saxophone is an interest in the arts like a prerequisite to getting in like who's what's the type of person who's like finding you does that make sense is that the right question like yes do you have to like apply like i want to learn this or i have an interest in this or is it like you're here but also we have this available to you well, that's a really good question. We have we have two program we have two campuses. One campus is um, an after school program where you apply and you can um, you may receive a scholarship. We don't we never turn a child away, so we have to do lots of fundraising. But yes, it's so a child um, can apply and come. The, our other campus, which is located in downtown Mount Vernon um, and in the area of, of uh, Mount Vernon, which is Westchester County and the Bronx, it's just right there on the border, um, is in conjunction with a charter school. It's called the Amani Public Charter School, and we, we occupy the third floor. And the children there are receiving our arts programs throughout their school day, but they can also sign up to do the after school Um, and the way I've always run my arts programs is if a child shows interest and commitment, then we invest in them Mm. because it may be that they're, maybe they're not a soloist or, you know, a, 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 the best of the best singer or saxophone player or dancer, but they find their way. And I've, I've seen that over and over again, how they find their way. They may drift over to the soundboard or the lighting designer when we're doing a show and all of a sudden they become interested in that or, or it helps them with their public speaking and they end up going into a field. Well, we all need that, right? <laughs> but they end up going into a field that um, I, I have a, a lovely student who is, I'm so proud of her, in law school. She found her, she, she's in law school. Well, wonderful. She came up through our program um, and I'm, and I know she's using those skills. So uh, that's why we're not a program that says, oh, we're only going to take the Broadway babies or the Broadway star, star mm-hmm. types. I do, it, that's not our goal. 
our goal is to create citizens of the world. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. It's an artist, really. So. I feel like that's the podcast. Goodbye. That was so, so sweet. Like we're just here. To, we're a simple task. We're creating citizens of the world. No big deal. Good citizens. Aww. How many um, students do you have? We touch about 500 students a year hmm. through our programs. Yeah. That's, that's a handful. That's a so, um, Yeah, exactly. But um you know, I'm always saying I would hope to do more, you know? Right. That's the fundraising yeah. piece, right? That's the fundraising piece. <laughs> so if you're in the New York area, go find Sing for Hope. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you have initiatives. I know part of y'all's mission is to provide arts accessibility to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to access them. Um, and that includes people in healthcare spaces. And I know you, pre-pandemic, you guys were doing quite a bit, um, in different healthcare spaces, uh, but I know the pandemic has affected all of that, and you have some new initiatives now. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, about those. Absolutely. So Sing for Hope has always had, uh, as part of their mission, the uh, reaching out to those in isolation and those in need, uh, and obviously those in need in a healthcare setting. Um, they would go into hospital rooms and you you would find a violinist or a flautist or somebody someone reading poetry uh, since the beginning of Sing, Sing for Hope in 2006. This was a large part of their, their mission. Obviously, COVID came and they couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, with that comes comes ingenuity. And how are we going to how are we going to reach reach? Uh, this population. And, um, and so through this open arts was born and, uh, it sounds to me like you were doing the same thing with this lovely podcast, which is just being able to reach out to those folks in a, in a way that's safe. Um, but, but it, it's, it's a wonderful use of technology. What I hope is that it will continue along with, um, live performances, which are coming back, but it was just a way to bring the arts to those who couldn't, who couldn't get out. Um, and so open arts is a free online platform that has daily interactive um, concerts, uh, talks and interviews on, on interesting topics with artists, young and old um, and yeah, and it's it's our hope that it it will be in every elder care facility across the country. Mm. We launched it back in the spring and and are working on that. But that was really where it came from is how 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 aside from you know going to the window of, of an elder care facility mm. and having some some uh, a quartet play, um, how could we get into into the space um, now? New York is opening up, obviously, where we're, we're opening up around the country. And with that, we've also been participating in what um, what's called Restart New York. And part of that, we received a grant to go to elder care facilities. And we've been doing live concerts, but we've been doing them mostly outside, hmm. um, which, of course, can always um, be canceled due to weather. <laughs> but we've, we've gotten quite a few done. We've also had some get canceled due to COVID outbreaks. 
they just are, they're still happening. And in the minute someone in a facility like, like that gets ill, then they have to, they have to cancel. Um, but this is a great backup. And I think it's also a great thing to just have period, because I, I, I know um, that it's, that, that, that folks in those places need, you know, need interaction. Um, and this is there for them on a daily basis. Uh, the other thing that Sing for Hope has done is that they provided music during the, in, at these mass vaccination sites in New York City. So they were at the Javits Center. It's a large convention center in the middle of uh, Manhattan. Um, and and uh, literally there were uh, studies saying that it, the, the stress level was lowered uh, when the music was taking place and live concerts were taking place. Um, the study's coming out right now with music and memory hmm. and um, music and movement and, and how both of these things can prolong life in ways that we didn't know before is, first of all, I could have I bet we all could have said, we, we all in this podcast could say, like, of yeah, course. <laughs> but now that it's out there, it's it's just so, so thrilling to see that science is turning to these studies and seeing that, yes, indeed, it does improve mental health. It does improve blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so physical and mental things, it, it's it's amazing. I've always taken my kids to elder care facilities to sing live when we were able to do that. And um, we would go around Christmas time and we would see these Alzheimer's patients begin to sing the carols. They would come up and stand with the children. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Every word singing Mm -hmm. loud and clear, you know, how that's the last thing to go Mm -hmm. when you're uh, experiencing memory loss, you Mm -hmm. know? So. Very cool. Thanks for that breakdown. This might be too big of a question. I don't know. But what do you think it would take or what do you think it will take for it to be commonplace? Um, Well, I will tell you that Sing for Hope is currently working with the United Nations to establish that the arts being accessible to every human being be a sustainable development goal. Hmm. Um, And so I would certainly say that that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Um, But gee, he put you on the spot there. Sorry. Solve the world's problems. And I was like, this sounds like I want to, I want to come to the school. I want to be a student (laughs) at the school. Like I want everyone to be able to do it. I think obviously we all do, but I think that's such a, I don't know. That's the question that popped in my head. And I was like, that's a big question, but. Well, you know, Sing for Hope does these beautiful painted pianos. Have you heard about the painted pianos? Mm -hmm. And so they come out every June and they are, they're like flowers. They pop up throughout the city and they've been doing this for years. Um, They've just expanded to California, to the West coast and, our hope is to get them in Texas and um, to get them all over the world. But the idea of that is that 
if you're walking down the street and you see this beautiful piano that's been painted by an artist, it, it should be there for you to enjoy. And that you should be, if you feel like sitting down and plunking out a tune or taking your child and plopping them on the, on the piano bench and singing a tune, we should be doing that in our, our everyday lives. And so I think that piano initiative is a real, um, it's a real symbol of art should be, art should just be all around us and we should be taking advantage of it as human beings because it's what sustains us, even if we don't know that it does. Mm. That's good. So. <laughs> Did that answer your question, Richard? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think I'm happy with that answer. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I was just reading um, an article. This has nothing to do with anything. I'll probably edit this out. But uh, there are people, there are murals, like San Antonio's now, like creating a lot of murals around town. Mm. And there's a whole initiative that like we shouldn't have the murals and that they're, they're, being just like they're tarnishing the history of the buildings that they're being put on and that we need to slow them down and not have so many murals. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> someone, doesn't, yeah, someone doesn't get it. Yeah. Like I don't get what that means. Like they're beautiful murals. Like what is it doing? Yes. Yes. Hmm. That is hmm. curious. You might be able to actually speak to that because I, I think it brings up an interesting question, this tension between um, history and tradition in the arts mm. and progress and um, contemporary expressions, relevant expressions of the arts. Um, I know in music education, you know, this pull between like okay, classical training versus contemporary commercial music and um traditional historical building versus, you know, using it as a canvas to speak to the times that we're in now, you know, I feel like there's this tension in that exists throughout um, the arts and arts education specifically. And I wonder if you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I love that you asked that question um, because I ponder it a lot and I, I, the way I've always run my school is that, we study music. We study great music, period. Mm -hmm. um, even though I was classically trained, um, I have two degrees in classical music. Um, and of course, I, I adore classical music. But um, I honestly feel like a Dolly Parton song, who I personally think that she should be part of the art song repertoire for an American Mm. singer um because i think that her songs she had she has like thousands of songs by the way mm -hmm. I, i've heard that about her she's just so prolific but like dolly parton song should stand next to a schubert song mm. there's no reason why it shouldn't mm. um so we we usually program our concerts that way we we just we put we put on great music that's that and they can study every every style. There is a tension because if you think about it, how many female composers were, did I study when I was going through a very rigorous classical voice program? Oh no. Now you've done it. You've is opened this, Pandora's is box. This a game? <laughs> Maybe like two. Yeah. <laughs> how many composers of color mm -hmm. did we study? 
Yep. So that has to change. Oh, the answer is zero. If you have not gone through a classical music program, it's the answer to that is generally zero. Zero. Yep. I mean, except for the burly spirituals. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Bur- burly arranged them. Mm-hmm. An African-American, um, yeah, gentleman who arranged them. But yeah, so, I mean, we, we have a, a performance this weekend and we are doing Earth, Wind and Fire and we are doing something from Once on this Island and we are mm-hmm. doing um, uh, Hiatus Coyote, who's this really cool Australian indie band. We, we oh, have wow. bands at my school as well. Uh, I mean, and we're doing Seasons of Love from Rent. And yeah. So awesome. I, I think... I think sometimes it's it's easy for for my little school to do this, but I think it's much harder for the institutions that are that are. I think they're going through a real a real uh, sense of of looking in the mirror and saying, "Ooh, what do we do?" Hmm. Metropolitan Opera, Juilliard School. Be, I, I mean, I'm sure it must be tough because that rigid conservative education is what has been championed for, for years. Mm. Yep. I thought you might have some thoughts on that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Good answers. You know, we have to just keep exposing. um, I don't even, I even hate to say the word classical music because it's like, what does that mean? I know. It's, I mean, classical period of right? music was like a you know yeah it's a period of what it's a period people consider as classical music but yes you know classical music is I don't, anyway yep <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a very good specific term descriptive term yeah goodness and I think it goes to like this this idea that's part of your the core values of sing for hope of kind of this democratization of music of yeah. hey we really need accessibility and we need um the goal isn't to create some sort of esoteric thing that lives up to a rigid um prescriptive structure of what a what good music is quote unquote or what good art is quote unquote but that that just that expressive um tool that we have in the arts is an essential part of the human experience and we need to kind of reclaim it from uh, some of the rigid structures that we've had in arts education for so long yes it sounds like you guys are doing that It, it needs to come out of the ivory towers and and it needs to be for everyone not just to those who can afford it and and i think um a couple of years ago, there was a uh, a wonderful documentary on PBS about the history of country music. I don't know if you watched that, but um, it was really great because, first of all, there are two things about country music. First, people think they think it's just redneck, right? Am I allowed to say that word? Of That's course. We're word. in Texas, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Texas. It's all good. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, they think it, they, they just have these preconceived notions about it when in actuality, country music is the fabric of, of, of a good deal of what our country is. And, and, and the fact it points out that most country music, if not all, stems from people of color mm-hmm. and their music. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it traced this, but I think it also just, when I was going through vocal training, if I said, you know, I, I think I want to learn to sing a country song, I would get laughed out of the yeah. vocal studio. What are you talking about? Get out of here. And, uh, hello, you know, that it should have been, well, this is your heritage. This mm-hmm. is great. I, I, I hope you listen to Loretta Lynn. I hope you listen to Dolly Parton. I hope you listen to Linda Ronstadt, one of the greatest singers of all time, mm. you know, no matter what she sang. Um, yeah. But instead it was, oh, no, 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 no. That's trash, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a good example right there. I watched, I watched that documentary. I just thought it was so well done and just, yeah. I've already found it and pulled it up and I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. What's it called? It, I, it looks, if this is the right one, um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Country okay. music, a film by Ken Burns, PBS. Yeah, it's Ken, Ken Burns. Burns. Of course it's Ken Burns. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like eight parts. It's pretty long. Yeah. It looks like there's several parts to it. <laughs> and he probably put a book out about it. And, yes. Because yes. What so ages do you work with? Um, we work with, I would say, starting at about eight years old, all the way through adults. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you do adults education as well. We do. And you know, what? I have to say, um, I, we turned to more of that during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the people had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just put it out there. I said, look, we're all sitting at home. And it's kind of a, this is a bad time. Let's, what a, you know, singing is so good for, for you. It's so good for your health, good for your body. Let's try it. I want, I, I just put it out there and it, it was a really cool thing hmm. because a lot of adults, a lot of parents signed up and we did I, we did a group voice class once a week. We did it online. And then we did a safe concert at the end. Um, and just, it was powerful. You know, mm-hmm. so many people were pent up, I think. And they had no idea that if they, if they sang one, you know, and practiced and did this thing once a week, what it was going to, how it was going to affect them. And uh, yeah, there were a lot of tears. Hmm. throughout people would just start singing and then cry. And I was like, wow, you know, we're so pent up and singing is releasing all of this in such a beautiful way. You know, it reminds me, I had a, I used to teach voice lessons in, um, in the, a couple of the high schools in town. And I remember when I moved to a, a new district, I had to like go to this orientation with the district you know, main guy. And he gave us this lecture and all this. And he he was like, and you cannot talk about feelings in music lessons. 
they try to tell you about their lives you got to redirect it back to the music they should not be crying in your voice in your music studio blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm like okay um you um you teach brass instruments so maybe you don't know that you can't sing you can't study voice without crying that is part of the process yeah without emo without emotion um, right. oh my goodness oh my goodness <laughs> I my just laughed and I was like okay I love that you both had the same reaction when she said it. You both went like this. Like, <laughs> you both did the same exact thing when Stanzi said that. That's funny. That is absurd. I like, agree. My students call my um, studio the therapy. Like, yeah. I have a couch. And it's like... <laughs> Because how many tears have been shed? I, I th was he maybe trying to say like don't? I mean, you know, there's. Always, I mean, I think that I think the thing know. was like be like he didn't he doesn't want us to cross the line and try to like be therapists and give advice. Like totally get that, totally get that. You need Absolutely. to have good discernment. Yeah. But you can still be like a human being and hold space for no. the the hard moments of another human being that's sharing them with you. You don't have to have a degree for that. That's just, oh my born, so you are qual qualified to do that. Um, oh so. yeah. I mean, I've had students be locked cause I've, I've taught this. My school's been open for 16 years and some students I've had since they were like four, because we used to have a pre-K program, but oh, wow. we don't currently. Um, but like I've had a student that was locked for, most of high school, she was going through things and rebelling and all of this. And she was just locked. She was locked vocally. She was locked in her body. She was locked, 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 locked. Sometimes she would shed tears, but she would never express to me why she would just, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough go. She's a senior this year and she came in at the end of the summer completely lost it, found her voice hmm. and is now completely unlocked. Hmm. But I mean, that took like from, I don't know, sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade to 12th grade. And prior to that, she was totally unlocked as, as little children are, Yeah, you know, something had happened. I'm, I don't even know, but yeah. you, you know, I mean, Oh yeah. I think it's, um, Sharon, I feel like we could just like, we're just, we could talk about this for all. It's, I yeah. see all the time too. I think people don't realize how intertwined their voices are with their, um, their emotions and their mental, spiritual well being, like where they are. I mean, yeah. it, but it makes sense. Our voices are designed to express emotion. <laughs> and when mm -hmm. that's, locked like you said when we have to repress feel like we have to repress something we repress our voices um in the little literal and the figurative sense um and to unlock you generally have it generally takes both and there's this coupling that really beautiful i totally agree like just beautiful release that can happen on a emotional and spiritual level when the voice unlocks when the spirit unlocks and it, anyway it just kind of happens together so often well, yeah, that's so true. And and to uh, just talking about like um, arts and health, I had another student, it's a parent, who um, came, wanted to study. And she told me that as a child, she, she was, her parents were the, me were members of a, 
a cult, hmm. a religion, but it was a cult. Hmm. And um, part of that was being isolated in wherever they were in a compound, not being educated. Hmm. She didn't go to school. She said she was barefoot every day. Wow. Like just walk, you know, just no education, um, nothing. And she, she, I, I, it was such a wild story. I was just in awe. She said that eventually her parents were arrested because the cult ended up being like a gambling ring. Um, <laughs> and she escaped. And um, long story short, I mean, she's now very successful, owns her own business, obviously knows how to read, taught herself, hmm. um, has beautiful children and a husband, but she wanted voice lessons because her voice, she, I think to rebel, she stopped speaking as mm. a child and held on to that for a very long time. But now she's an adult and her voice sounds like a child. So wow. she wanted me to help her try to unlock that. She talked like this. Oh, she talked like a, like a little baby, like she was eight. Wow. Because she had stopped speaking. How fascinating is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, like the muscles are, are just, she, they were like paralyzed Wow. from her not speaking for so long or just like suppressing and not speaking yet very much or whatever she went through that it was just like a trauma to the, to the voice box. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, anyway. so obviously singing is important to our health. So is there anything that you would recommend for our listeners that they can try if maybe they don't have a singing background? Are there any um, exercises or activities that you might, you might recommend? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think, singing if if you can so many people are taught told they can't sing right mm -hmm. which is sad because we should all sing we mm -hmm. should all be able to sing and and it's and it's okay if it's not perfect and and i think that there was a time when people would just gather around the piano and sing when we didn't have you know gazillion channels and and, and screens and everything you know there was just the piano in the parlor at night or the radio Right. But so many people are like traumatized by the teacher that said, uh, you can't sing. Mm -hmm. I'm, in fact, I've I've gotten many students who there is. No, I don't think there's no I do not believe that tone death is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can teach. And I've done that where mm -hmm. I've taught I've taught someone who couldn't match pitch very well how to match pitch. You know, mm -hmm. but there's some sometimes someone along the way says, oh, horrible. You can't sing. And then you're afraid to do mm -hmm. so. Um, but I think that singing is so healthy because it gets us to breathe. Mm. And um, so, and, and along with that, I think singing goes along really well with yoga. If people mm. practice yoga, um, because all of the deep breathing that you do as a singer, whether you're singing in a choir or taking a voice lesson, and the breathing that you do in yoga, it's very similar. And if you, you, when you walk out of a voice lesson or you walk out of a yoga class, you feel better. Mm -hmm. I always say, oh, I feel like I'm walking on air. Why is that? Well, a lot of it 
is the deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Right. And the ground, it's, it's, it's the deep breathing and the grounding of yourself and, and to sing and to sing well, you have to, you have to, you know, be able to access that place to where everything can be free, you know, where you don't tense, tense up here and um, tense up in your body. You can just, you can just be free. So Mm. I guess that's my advice. Just sing, sing with freedom, sing what you want to sing. Doesn't matter how old you are. If, if you're, if, if you're, you know, 65, but you want to sing a Madonna song, go for it. Do it. Why not? Yes. A hundred percent will be me. Mark my words. I'll be sitting and I will be singing Madonna. I think that season two of of Arts for the Health of It is going to just be everyone from season one coming back in a rotation because these could be nine hour long conversations. Um, But how can people best connect with you and for uh, and with Sing for Hope? Well, yes. Well, thank you so much for asking that question. We are um, online, uh, obviously, at singforhope.org. And if you would like to access our open arts, it airs every day, uh, Monday through Friday uh, at 4 p.m. And then, of course, you can access it after 4 p.m. if you if you can't catch it. But that's at singforhope.org backslash open arts. Make sure you go to heartsneedart.org, click on the podcast link for all of the uh, show notes from everything we talked about today. Sharon, you're the best. Yo, y'all are the best. And I love it that you're in San Antonio. That's yes. my family's there. I've got family in San Antonio. Hi. We'll wave at them for, for you. <laughs> I love the redneck music. music. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for listening and watching this week. We will be back next week with a new episode. Make sure you keep creating. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers in partnership with the National Organization for Arts and Health. You can help others learn about the healing power of the arts by subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen or watch. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilmore, co-hosted by Constanza Rader. Our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartseedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create art for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartseed Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.